Learn more about the albums you love with Dissect, a music analysis podcast hosted by me, Cole Kushner, a lifelong musician. Each season of Dissect dives deep into one album, examining the music, lyrics, and meaning of one song per episode. We've covered albums by Kendrick Lamar, Tyler the Creator, Frank Ocean, just to name a few, and our brand new season just launched all about Radiohead's 2007 masterpiece, In Rainbows. Listen to Dissect on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, because great art deserves more than a swipe. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to keep your ride or die alive. From supercharges, brakes, exhaust kits, and more, 122 million parts. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Craig Korlbeck and that's it. There's no Danny Kelly today. He eventually is going to come back, I think. I don't know who can really say. Although, ironically, it is DK's birthday today. Do you think people are starting to wonder what happened to DK? I feel like it's like, oh, he's gone for a couple days and now it's like show five and they're like, did Danny and Craig kill DK? How It's kind of like how many games with the Falcons win in a row till DK admitted Arthur Smith is good coach. How many episodes in a row could we do without DK until people like filed a police report? Like how, how many shows would DK not have to be on before like Bill or Sean is like, what happened to Danny Kelly? We're just like, no, he's still in, he's on vacation. He's still gone. Trust me. He just doesn't have self-service. I promise. Yeah, we'll find out. Okay. We're going through our must-add players entering week five. couple notes off the top here. Bye weeks are back. Seahawks, Browns, Chargers, Buccaneers are on bye. DK's on by, Seattle's on by. It's just, they're all, you know, they all got it figured out, even though he's dodging Giants Seahawks tonight. Uh, so, Geno Smith, Justin Herbert's on by, Deshaun Watson. I mean, honestly, they needed it because they're hurt. Did you see Justin Herbert say that he had just a flesh wound? And they were like, are you saying that? Or is that a movie quote? And he's like, it's a movie quote. Oh, really? He made a Monty Python joke? Good for Herbie. Herbie's yes. a nerd, which is and cool. Apparently, he, he deadpanned it so much that there was like a pause and the reporters were like, is it a flesh wound? And he's like, no, no, it's not. Well, he's not exactly like a stand-up comedian on his own. So I feel like everything he says, like, he kind of has one tone. So I get that the reporter's not really uh, understanding that. Yeah, Justin Herbert made like $25 million before he got his first like good haircut. So you know what? Like, I feel like he's kind of behind on a few things. So yeah, bye weeks is a lot of, especially receivers. I feel like it's hit hard with these teams. Just DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, Godwin, Amari Cooper, a lot of receivers you probably need. Um, and then also play teams are on by, but there are also players coming back. So Jonathan Taylor, Colts running back reportedly returning to practice on Wednesday. Now there's a whole thing when you're activated from injury reserve, doesn't mean he's playing this week. He has basically three weeks to be activated to the roster and then he's got to play. So we'll see. It really kind of depends on him and whether he was actually injured and all this stuff. But in theory, he'll be returning to practice on Wednesday. Cooper cup could be returning to practice. We'll see about that. And then Kyler Murray is probably not Kyler Murray will probably be back 
somewhere between Halloween and Thanksgiving. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Craig, do you think Jonathan Taylor, do you think that he he's kind of like going to pull a George Costanza from Seinfeld, like trying to get fired and keep getting promoted? Wasn't there a report that he still doesn't want to play for the Colts like this week? That's the thing. We'll kind of see. I think it's just a matter of like how far Jonathan Taylor is willing to go. Like the reality is the situation is the situation. And then it's kind of just, okay, like how is he going to just drag this out and use the entirety of the 21 day window to minimize the amount of time he's like actually going to play, you know, to keep himself healthy or does he just want to play football? He's kind of acting like how I used to act when I was a kid and my parents would ground me or say I couldn't do something I wanted to do or for what, what, I don't know, friend's birthday party or something. And then, you know, I would just completely overreact and say like, well, I'm not talking to you ever again. And they're like, okay, we'll see how long that lasts. And I like hold on for two days. And I feel like that's where, that's the point Jonathan Taylor's at right now. It's like, am I really not going to play football for the entire year? Am I really not going to talk to I used to be like, I, I used to do that to my brother all the time. I'm like, well, if you're not going to let me play Madden with you, then I'm never speaking to you again. And, you know, two, three days, you give up. We all give in. He'll be back. My girlfriend. Flex. My girlfriend, when she was five, told her mom, I'm going to run away from home. And her mom was like, okay. And then helped her pack a bag and then started being like, all right, we'll just have to drive around and find you a home to live in. Yeah. Just like let her go for it. I respect that. You know? That's the best way to get to, you got to lean into it actually. Cause the more you defy your children, the more they will want to, you know, disobey and, and, and rebel. But if you just lean right in and be like, go ahead, where are you going to go? We're making dinner tonight. Mac and cheese. You don't want any of that. DK leaves for one week and two childless 20 somethings are here talking about like all their parenting advice. So we can just move on. We're going to go through our must add players entering week five. And again, here's how this works. We're going to go position by position and we're each going to give our top wa- waiver pick at each position. And it's like waivers where in your league, only one person gets the guy. So then we're going to do it a tiebreaker if necessary. Trivia. It's not that complicated. We're going to go through in order who we want from each position. If you're listening, email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com. Send us trivia. Put trivia in the subject line. Make sure to send us something that like has a number. If we're wrong, we have to get wrong in order. Also, keep in mind, we're recording this before Monday Night Football. Giants play the Seahawks tonight. Shame to kiss that here. We are going to update our waivers for any news that comes out. So fantasyfootball.thereo.com. We have our rankings there, but we also have waivers there. So we have an order, like rank players in order. And if there's like big changes between when we release this and actual waivers, you can check there, check there for updated stuff. And then, yeah. So without any further ado, Craig, hit us. Running back, entering week five, give us your number one running back waiver ad entering this week. It's really, really bleak out there. I, this is by far, I mean, last week we were talking about Devon Achan, and now uh, there is no one even close. I, I guess, man, I'm going to go with Jaleel McLaughlin. Uh, for those of you who are thinking, did Craig just make up a name? I pretty much did. He's uh, a, an undrafted rookie at a Youngstown State, and he's on the Denver Broncos. He had 100 yards this week because Javante Williams went out with a with a hip flexor. We don't know really how long Javante is going to be out. It, it doesn't really seem serious. So right now McLaughlin's like the the lightning to the Samaje Piran Thunder. It, it's so bleak out there. I know you're surprised that I'm picking this guy, but I, I give me another choice. Honestly, I, the only other choice is Zach Charbonnet for the Seahawks, and I agree with you. We can go to that, but he's on bye, so it kind of feels like cheating because we're, again, recording this before Monday Night Football. So we can t- talk about this in a second, but I had Jaleel McLaughlin as my number one, too. The, it comes down to the fact that Samaje Piran is toast. Uh, Samaje Piran, like, he might get goal line stuff, and I was intrigued by him all offseason, but Jaleel McLaughlin just looks better, and if a month into the season, Sean Payton is playing this undrafted rookie over this free agent that he signed in free agency, then I... 
think it's only going to keep trending up. So the reason I like McLaughlin is that even if Javante is fine and keeps playing, I actually think McLaughlin's going to overtake Samaje P. Ryan himself. And then if Javante misses any time, McLaughlin will be like flexible. So yeah, it's a, but overall it's like, I'm much more interested in, in their stash running backs. Almost like this is just a very blah week at running back. It's terrible. When I, when I saw the, the, the running backs available on waivers and I saw Jaleel McLaughlin, my mind immediately jumped to Sarah McLaughlin. Is that how you say her name? Sarah McLaughlin's song? Yes. Like the, her sad in the arms of an angel song, like trying to adopt puppies that always plays uh, in those commercials. That is what I, that, that was like the waiver wire this week at running back. It was that song playing Sarah McLaughlin and I'm, and I'm adding Jaleel McLaughlin. McLaughlin? McLaughlin? I don't know. There's too many MCLs. I, I mean, it's me. You could give one of those MCLs to Javante Williams. And Nick Chubb. Did you see the report where Nick Chubb, they got, they went in to fix, they were like, no ACL damage, just an MCL. And then they went in to fix the MCL. And they're like, actually, we still got to fix the ACL too. <laughs> yeah. They were like, oh, uh, wait, we just watched the replay actually on YouTube. And we're going to have to go back for a second surgery. <laughs> I, I am not trying to like play doctor. Well, actually I am. I'm going to play doctor. because I, I could have told you doctor, that, but it's fun. I felt that too. Like literally it like they were like, actually, believe it or not, no damage to the ACL. And I feel like I had watched one of those videos of a car getting like destroyed. <laughs> and then they're, and then the, you know, the mechanic was like, Hey, believe it or not, car's not totaled. And then they went back in and they're like, actually, Maybe they thought there, there, maybe they didn't realize that the ACL needed to be repaired because there was no ACL. Maybe it like completely disintegrated and they just didn't even realize there was an ACL there. It was, the, it, that's what the arrested development doctor would do. Like, there's no problems with the ACL. You're like, really? <laughs> there like, well, yeah, one. there's no ACL. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's do the showdown time for Jaleel McLaughlin. I told you there'd be worse ones ahead. In the arms of an angel. It is the Jaleel McLaughlin showdown time. Sure. All right. This is from Foz. Foz. How many times do the Hanson brothers say Mbop in their official music video for Mbop? Interesting. In the music video, not just the song? Is the music video longer than the song? I don't know. He just wrote official video, and I'm not going to lie, a totally ad lib video. So just whatever. The, the song. So, so just mbop, not the other like doo wops, because there's a lot of different kind of permutations oh. of the bops and the doos. I, I mean, he wrote mbop, so I don't think the doo wops count or the bee bops or the boo beeps. It's just the. I, I'm ready here. You, are you ready? You have a number? Yeah. Three, two, one, ten, seventy-five. Wow. I'm pretty sure it's just the first line of the chorus and that's, and then it maybe comes in. I feel like it's like twice a chorus. And how many times is there a chorus? There's what, three choruses in a song? All right. Yeah. Clearly I don't know the song very well, do I? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the answer? Uh, 17. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that includes the, the outro. Yeah. I guess that's right. what's wrong. I mean, how many times could they say anything in a song? Like what is the most repeated word in a song? Is it 75 for any song ever? That's a good question. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com. That what is the most repeated word in the song? It's oh, it's got to be. Well, actually, I was going to say tequila and tequila. That would win the like the percentage. Oh, you know what's a good one? Thunderstruck by ACDC. They say that a lot. They say thunder a ton in that song. They do. Uh, no, but it's got to be like a hype. It's got to be like the thong song, which is like thunga thunga. Th like it's got to be something where they're saying it over and over at like a faster pace, right? And it yeah, and it can't count if it's like a if it's like a sample or if it is like the melody, like a Millie by Lil Wayne. That doesn't count because that's like the 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 rhythm. That's like the melody in the background. 
but, it's a sample. But that's the vibe, though. It, it's going to be a song like that. Kind of like the, we were talking about, there's a guy, did you see the guy who got the tattoo of like his daughter's name tattooed on him like 800 times? No. Just over and over? Weird move. Like that's, oh, well, he did. I, I don't Lord know, man. Judge. We're not parents. Anyway, you get your little McLaughlin. Great. Um, this is weird, weird for me to follow up on because two of the top options are players who are playing in three hours. So take this with a big grain of salt. And again, fantasyfootball.thereo.com if anything changes. But there's Matt Breida for the Giants, who's more of a desperation play if Saquon's out another week, but we don't know if he will be. So if you're too, super desperate, I will say if you can stash someone, Zach Charbonnet for the Seahawks, again, major asterisk, depending what happens tonight. Maybe he sucks or is hurt already, or maybe Ken Walker's hurt, and this is super obvious. But I just love the way Charbonnet runs. He runs super hard. And again, he didn't really play a ton the first couple of weeks. He played more week three. I think he's going to play more tonight. So we'll see if that ages well. But I love Charbonnet. And then otherwise, it's just kind of weird, man. It's a bunch of stashes. It's like there's Justice Hill for the Ravens, who played hit three carries for 33 yards. And even though J.K. Dobbins is already out for the season, it feels like Justice Hill's more of a stash because he's got this foot injury and how much he's going to play. I don't know. But he'll have a role throughout the season. And these other guys just ticking him off. There's Tajay Spears for the Titans. And then the sadder version of that is Ronnie Rivers for the Rams solely because they're the only other running backs playing on their teams. Like <laughs> Derrick Henry's and Tajay Spears are splitting half the snaps. But a handcuff is a guy that you want if the starter gets hurt, he'll be the guy. Tajay Spears is the only Titans running back that's playing. So if anything happens, it's Derrick Henry. Tajay Spears, I think, has juice and would be the guy. Ronnie Rivers is, I don't know if that's the case, but Kit, did, have you seen how Kyron Williams played 98% of the snaps in week two and three? And Sean McVay was like, all right, I probably got to chill with that. So now Ronnie Rivers is getting a quarter. But like Kyron Williams just randomly pulling a Christian McCaffrey 2019 is wild. I know. Uh, Puka Nakua really like ate Kyron Williams lunch in the media. Like no one's talking about Kyron Williams at all. And he's one of the biggest stories of the fantasy season and nobody gives a shit. I completely agree. But anyway, I, yeah, Ronnie, I don't even know if you should. It's like more of like a really deep stash. The point is running back sad this week and you probably don't want these people unless you're really desperate at running back. Tasha Spears, um, you know, Deuce Vaughn, Rico Dowdle, the backup, one of the backups to Tony Pollard. Is Chuba Hubbard. Tip. Yeah. Ch- yeah. Sorry. That's the guy I missed. I apologize. Yeah. Chuba Hubbard is. Miles Sanders is already hurt. And now Chuba Hubbard has most touches of the season. But what's sad is he had 16 touches for like 50 yards and change. So the Panthers suck. So it's like, that's one of those where it's not fun to recommend. Be like, hey, he could be the lead running back on one of the four worst offenses in the league. Everyone's had Chuba. You know, we've we've like been through the Chuba experience. This is like year three or four now of like the Chuba's a sexy handcuff. It doesn't, he's had some okay games, but he's just like the definition of like, he'll get you eight points in a flex and that's it. Yeah, honestly, unless you're like absolutely down bad, screwed, and you have to add someone from waivers into your spot, I would just like take Charbonnet if he's there and wait, see what happens. Yeah. And if he looks terrible tonight, then ignore what I said. All right, wide receiver. Craig, who's your number one receiver at entering week five? This was tighter. There's a lot of decent options, but I went with Romeo Dobbs, who is 33% rostered here in ESPN. Um, Dobbs is just good. And I, I've said this before. He was a late round draft pick and it takes those guys a lot longer to kind of reach the public consciousness and for people to accept that somebody's good and not a fluke. If Romeo Dobbs is a second round pick, uh, we'd be all over him. But because he wasn't, nobody really cares. Everybody's just waiting for Christian Watson to take off. Meanwhile, uh, Dobbs has three touchdowns on the year. He had 13 targets last week, nine catches. He's just good and consistent and he's been healthy the last two weeks. And he's a guy who I actually think you could start on your fantasy team for the rest of the season, probably. 
I think that's a good take because I do think Dobbs is starting for the Packers. I think what's weird is I, I just kind of want to lump in Dobbs and Jaden Reed where they're both playing really well and now Christian Watson's back. And it's weird because the pack now it's the Packers suddenly have a bunch of really good players who are all young at the same time between Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed. I think I would take I agree with you where I'd take Dobbs over Jaden Reed just because Jaden Reed's playing more in the slot. And now that Watson's back, we'll see what happens with that. Um, because the Packers have had a lot of two tight end stuff. Luke Musgrave has a concussion. So I kind of wonder if they might just go three receivers yep. and one tight end and just play all three of them at the same time with Watson, Dobbs, and Reed. But and then John Don David Wicks has been good. But you're right that Dobbs is kind of like that outside guy. And he has been. I, I, you're right that I actually think Dobbs, you could totally get away with just having all season. Week one, 16 points. Week two, four. Week three, 15. Week four, 14. This guy's like putting up DK Metcalf numbers for the first four weeks of the season. He had an injury, hamstring injury, uh, Romeo Dobbs did for the first couple of weeks. And then he was off the injury report for the last two weeks. So I, he's playing really well. I have nothing wrong with that. But my number one is Jamison Williams. Receiver for the Lions. Wow. Which is weird. Risking it all. I mean, I feel like Jamison Williams, you're like closing your eyes and just like, you're like playing craps. You know, you're just like hoping to nail a seven. To be clear, I am not adding Jamison Williams to play him in my lineup in week five. Well, that's, isn't that the nature of this game? Isn't that what we're doing? I thought it was for week five. You're trying to mix and match both. I think that if you're talking about from today to the end of the season, who has the best odds of being a top 20 receiver overall? From now to the end of the year, it's Jamison Williams for the Lions. Now, I'll also give you this. If you ask me, gun to my head, who has more points, more points, more likely, Williams or Dobbs, I bet it's Romeo Dobbs. But the thing is, if so, if he's who's who would win by like 80, it would be Jamison Williams. That's kind of why I'm doing it. But first, we got to rewind for a second, just explain. Jamison Williams, so this kind of went under the radar, but he was suspended six games for gambling. But the NFL and the NFLPA reached an, um, an agreement on a whole new policy for how these gambling stuff is punished. So they retroactively changed Jameson Williams' suspension. So he's actually eligible to play now. So he's back with the team. And actually, so, same with the Titans' uh, right tackle. Which, I don't, know if you, I don't know if you saw this. One, it makes more sense because the new gambling policy basically is harsher on guys who are gambling on football and games. And it's less strict on guys like Jameson Williams who were like betting on, I don't know what, like NBA games just so happened to do it at the Lions headquarters instead of at their home where it's totally legal. And so it makes more sense now going forward where if you do that, you're suspended two games because you bet on like a Lakers game. You just happen to do it at the squad. So it makes more sense. Yeah, I actually didn't even realize that. So he was at the Lions headquarters and was like on FanDuel on his phone in place to bet on an NBA game. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying NBA, like I don't know what he was betting on. But basically, there is a huge difference. There's really only three categories of this, right? Like, there's betting on your own games, which is the worst thing, and or like giving tips to people, you know. And then there's betting on the NFL in general. And those two things are like extremely not allowed. And then there's betting in general at your place of work which the NFL just doesn't want a culture of players gambling on FanDuel, hitting the NBA button next yeah, to the NFL button. You know, they don't want that exist. But it's ridiculous because that's legal. So it's just like, it's weird. So yeah, Jameson Williams was, the NFLPA was pissed because they're like, these guys did a legal activity at the team headquarters and you cost them almost half the season. Anyway, the point is that Jameson Williams is back. And it's crazy because like in the 2022 draft last year, it went Garrett Wilson at Ohio State, Chris Olave. Uh, Garrett Wilson was the 10th pick. Chris Olave at Ohio State was the 11th pick. And then Jamison Williams, who transferred from Ohio State to Alabama, was the 12th pick. And we got Garrett Wilson and Olave are stars now and two of the best young receivers in the league. And then Jamison Williams has one career catch. 
So that's my giant disclaimer for taking him first is I don't think we'll ever recommend before or again, ever recommend someone who has one catch in their career. Yeah, the vibes aren't great with Jamison Williams. You know what I mean? He's just, he, he's one of those guys who just seems like kind of a character in the locker room. And he seems like he's always going to have a hamstring injury. I get Will Fuller vibes. All right, yeah, there are Will Fuller vibes here. Like just to recap this season, Jamison Williams came back. Dan Campbell was making, not making fun of him, but Dan Campbell sounded like he was because Dan Campbell said that Jameson Williams will never have great hands because Jameson Williams is not great at, you know, receiving of the football. And then he had a hamstring injury that basically ended his preseason. Then he got the gambling suspension. So Jameson Williams just has not had a knack for like playing in football games for quite some time, but he's talented. Yeah, you never know. He could be Will Fuller. Wouldn't that be fun? It's 100% a mystery box. Yeah. It's like he could be anything. He could be Will Fuller. And by that, he could have 200 yards or he could miss three months and we could just talk about how cool it would be if he played. He'll probably do both. I bet you he will have a game of 200 yards this season and also miss a month. He's the sports car that is the reason your dad's afraid to take it out of the garage. Like James is the sports car that you're like, oh my God. You want to do other wide receivers here? I guess we're not doing trivia since I did Dobbs and you did Williams. Yeah, sad. Yeah, go through some other guys. Michael Wilson on the Cardinals. Third round rookie who's been pretty good this year. He basically was uh, not the starter and he's been starting to play a lot more. Rondell Moore hasn't done much. And this week he kind of had a big coming out party. Seven catches, two touchdowns. His yards per route run, all the analytics, like the underlying stuff is great with Michael Wilson. He's basically been the, the, the second best rookie this year behind Puka Nakua in terms of yards per route run. And the Cardinals continue to, un- uh, people continue to underestimate the Cardinals Look, they threw it 47 times last week. Maybe that's not going to happen every week. They're playing the Bengals. Um, Michael Wilson could be one of those rookie guys who second half of the season is a real player. I mean, there's not a lot of good stuff going on in Arizona, right? You have Zach Ertz, James Conner, Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore. There's not a lot. like that. This offense is ready for somebody to come in and take over. And if it's Michael Wilson, get in now. I think Michael Wilson, I would less think of him as a short-term like fill-in because he had two touchdowns and I wouldn't chase this rookie receiver having another two touchdown game or whatever. I think what's more interesting is that he's already contributing. He's one of the few big players they have. Like he's six, two, I think over actually over 200 pounds. And then Marquise Brown's like five, nine and Rondell Moore's five, seven. He's the only receiver. I don't care. Zach Pascal. That's actually large outside of Zach Ertz. And what are the other? So, and I also think about how Marquise Brown, again, the Cardinals have been playing well, but the Cardinals could still totally trade Marquise Brown midway through the season. And so there is a chance that Michael Wilson later in the year is like actually a number one or maybe behind Zach Ertz, a number two option in this team. I don't know if I'd plug and play him, but abs- any rookie who's contributing this early, I think it's fair to expect them to get better and better as the season goes. The other rookie I like, I'm st- the opposite. Marvin Mims. I'm still in the Marvin Mims thing. Yeah. I'm still in Marvin Mims. It's slowly happening. Uh, <laughs> slowly. All right. I could hear DK screaming right now from whatever island in Europe he's on. I can hear him screaming at Sean Payton to play your good players. Uh, Fantasy points per route run. Uh, Here are the leaders. Minimum 20 routes. Number one in fantasy points per route run is Marvin Mims. Number two is Tyree Kill. Number three is Brandon Ayuk. Number four is Keenan Allen. Number five is Mike Evans. And Marvin Mims now leads the Broncos in receiving yards, even though he is like eighth on the team in snaps among their skill players. Yeah, he's getting there. You know, he was playing behind Brandon Johnson as well as Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. But now this week, he played the same amount as Brandon Johnson. So, you know, hopefully they start to work him in more and more. 
Of course, there were reports that that he was going to get way more involved heading into this week, and he kind of wasn't, which just goes to show you all those reports are absolute BS. Yeah, it's more of a stash play, but I like it. What do you think about Tyler Boyd? There's two guys who have been in the league for like five years who are interesting this week. It's like Tyler Boyd and Michael Gallup are just two players that I don't think I've had a Michael Gallup or Tyler Boyd conversation for maybe three years. But now that T. Higgins is out and Brandon Cooks has missed a game and he kind of really hasn't looked great. And Michael Gallup's like finally healthy. He had like a really tough injury stretch for like two seasons now. And it's kind of starting to put it together a little bit. 92 yards last week or two weeks ago, 60 yards last week, playing the Niners Sunday night, getting involved with the Cowboys offense, which might be a little bit underrated right now because they basically had two games where they haven't had to play offense because they've been up by so much. And then another game, they were just completely inept against the Cardinals. So like we haven't even seen the Cowboys really play a normal game. So Michael Gallup might be somebody who, you know, get a little bit of value on right now. I agree with you. I would way rather have Michael Gallup than Tyler Boyd because as you said, like the Cowboys are playing the Niners and that will be a high scoring game and the Cowboys will have to pass. And then also Tyler Boyd, the Bengals are three touchdowns in the entire season. It's the fewest touchdowns through four weeks that a team's had in, since the Giants like three years ago. And the Bengals are dead last in yards. So it's like, I don't want Tyler Boyd. Also, to your point though, I do talk about Tyler Boyd all the time because Tyler Boyd is Jackie's parents' neighbor in Pittsburgh. Wow. Why does he live in Pittsburgh? Uh, he's from Pittsburgh and he went to the University of Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, he he plays for the Bengals. Shouldn't he live there? Maybe he has two places. I maybe it's, I don't know. Receiver, multimillionaire. Maybe he has two houses. I don't know. I, who, who can say? Maybe he commutes. All right. Dang. He feels like a Steeler. He'll be on the Steelers in three years. Ooh, wow. That's actually a good call. Um, yeah, there's other receivers, but yeah, Josh Downs for the Colts, maybe, but like I I, I, I like I like your pick. I like Dobbs or Jameson Williams or Marvin Mims. Those are the guys that I would actually think about cutting someone for. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusion supply this episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. That's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer.
Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Lions are playing the Panthers this week. Lions rock the Packers on Thursday night. Now they have 10 days to prepare for the Panthers. And I just am so unimpressed with Bryce Young and everything involving Carolina that just give me the Lions, give me everything. I'm not worried about it. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And FanDuel is now live in Kentucky. Download the app now and take advantage of their great special offers, boosts, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restriction supplies. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Tight end, a wasteland as always. None of the teams on buy actually matter for tight end, but Luke Musgrave for the Packers, who we've been plugging forever as a concussion and players with concussions have not been playing the following week, which is good. So Luke Musgrave is pretty certainly going to be out for week five. And then Jawan Johnson for the Saints is a calf injury. So. Craig, Godspeed. Who is your tight end streamer entering week five? Um, I'm going to go with Jake Ferguson, the tight end on the Cowboys. He's been pretty good. He doesn't play a whole lot, and it helped this week because one of their they have three tight ends who they play, which is pretty annoying. Peyton Hendershot, they have Shoemaker, and then they have Jake Ferguson. So uh, Hendershot was out, and uh, Ferguson had seven catches again. Niner game this week. Tight end is absolutely a desolate wasteland. So. Uh, and I, I, Ferguson's not bad. I mean, I actually think Dak has always been kind to his tight end. So I, look, you can take what you can get here. Give me Ferguson. I totally agree. Dak likes Ferguson. Dak is giving him the ball in important situations. I think he's all right. He's fine. And then also, as you said, the Cowboys, we haven't even seen him play a real, real game. And so the only, I mean, the only, it, it's bleak, it, bleak midwinter out here at tight end. The only players with more targets than a tight end than Ferguson this year are like, it's like Tyler Higby and Kelsey and Sam Laporta and Evan Ingram, and basically all the tight ends that you wish you could have. And then it's Jake Ferguson. So it's like, yeah, beggars can't be choosers. There are very, very few tight ends left where you're like, I think this guy will fix the problem for you all season. And that's it. So this is actually a really important showdown time. Great. It is the Jake Ferguson showdown time. Jaleel McLaughlin and Jake Ferguson, baby. Week five, we're here. All right. This is a big one. This is from Tristan. Tristan. In honor of the newest TikTok trend about men's passions and how often do you think about the Roman Empire, how many mm-hmm. Roman emperors were there? How long was the reign of the Roman Empire? Well, think about it once a week, 2,000 years. Um, I, I don't, so, okay, let me, how long, when did the Roman Empire start? So when did it end? It ended with fall of Constantinople. It's like 14 something. So you got 1,500 on the front end, give or take. And then the back end was like 1500 BC. Was that the Roman Empire? When was like, when is Gladiator? When's that going on? I don't know. Something BC. I don't know. Something BC. Maybe not. All right. 2000, call it 2000 years, 50. How many emperors per, per, people weren't living long those days. I'm going to say if it's 2000 years and let's just say there's new emperor every 50 years, I'm going to, I have my number. 50 years? You're going to... Emperor every 50 years? Feels long. How long were these people living? That's true. Yeah, it's probably like, what, every 30? I'm going to go with, all right, I, I got a number. All right, let's do it. Three, two, one. 110. 65. Wow, okay. Factoring assassinations, getting yeah, ill, falling yeah, ill. Right. 
I'm probably low. The answer is 77. Oh, wow. You got me, right? What'd okay. you say? 65. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'll Dang. Take that. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? And I don't, I don't want to spend any time on this because I'm sick of that trend. But do you? Does gladiator count? Because I do the Maximus no. Decimus Meridius speech to myself every morning before the show. That checks out. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Like literally fucking never, to be honest with you. And I, I think everyone's lying. That's where I'm at. Yeah, we're lying. It's for the bit, Craig. It's the same thing as the people who are telling their boyfriends that they put Travis Kelsey was put on the map by Taylor Swift. Well, I was, I've talked to friends who are not on camera. I'm not making content when I'm speaking with them. And I say, hey, literally, be honest here. The whole Roman Empire trend, right? How often do you actually think about it? I've had friends who are like, I don't know, every couple of weeks. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. We are all lying to ourselves. I, I get it. We all want to sound smart. No one's thinking about the Roman Empire. I, Jackie's friends were asking me, and then I pretended not to know about the trend, and then I lied about it for content to say once a week. <laughs> it's all for content. All right. All right. I get Jake Ferguson. Um, good luck. Wow. Sucks for you. Dude, does it? I'm just going to go back to the well, dude. My boy fucking Zach Ertz, 10 targets last week, six catches against the San Francisco 49ers. Playing Wait, Cincy? is Zach Ertz under the Zach threshold? Zach Ertz might be the best tight end in the league. Yeah, dude, 26% on Yahoo. That's insane. I'm not going to lie. I missed that. I would have taken Zach Ertz first. That's crazy. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. I didn't Zach Ertz is second in targets at tight end. I will say they were all garbage time. They all came on the final drive this week. I'm like, oh, 32-year-old coming off an ACL? Give me that. I will say it's insane how Zach Ertz just went from like not practicing to like just being the only person on this team who can move the ball in the no huddle drill. It's just like, it's crazy. The, when the Cardinals go tempo, it's just Josh Dobbs desserts. And I'm like, you two were like not part of this offense on like August 26th. I almost picked Jonu Smith just for the bit, but I held off. Yo, the Jonu Smith thing is not a bit. Jonu Smith, we didn't talk about this enough, the London game. Jonu Smith, uh, what, he had 95 yards uh, in London? That was the most yards by any tight end has had in a game all season. It's almost as much as Kyle Pitts has on the entire year. Can you imagine somebody telling you at the start of the season, that a Falcons tight end, after four weeks, will have the most yards in a single game of any other tight end. Imagine being like, great, Kyle Pitts did it. Finally, he's back. And it's fucking Jonu Smith. Where is Kyle Pitts on this list? I'm trying to see. Uh, Kyle Pitts is 41st uh, most yards in a game this season. 44 is his most, so congrats. It's bad when your yardage number is correlates with your ranking in the list of yardage numbers. <laughs> This is why we invented the take purge was so we could say things. I think the take purge, we actually have a lot of things that end up being right because it's hard to ever say these things with a straight face. But I, it's such a whiff that none of us said John Smith would be better than Kyle Pitts this year. But I'm not kidding. At some point, we're going to have to be like, you know what? John Smith, 28. Tight ends take a long time. I don't know, man. He's fully baked. I, I, you can add John Smith in a straight face if you're down bad. The other one, if you're desperate, Logan Thomas for Washington is back. I don't know. Durham Smythe, whatever. At that point, you're just screwed. So sorry. Honestly, John Smith, yeah, go for it. All right, quarterback. We don't have to do trivia for these, but there are actually, I think, quarterbacks you might have to stream because you got Herbert and Gino Str uh, Smith are on by. I would, there are three that jump out. C.J. Stroud for the Texans, who obviously have been fantastic. You could just add, keep them, like 20 points each the last three weeks, and they're facing the Falcons. I'm not afraid of them. Sam Howell's facing the Bears. Uh, it's Thursday Night Football, so it's not ideal, but the Bears are the Bears. And then, dude, Josh Dobbs for the Cardinals has been fine. Like, I honestly, they're facing the Bengals. I, would, I mean, would you rather have Josh Dobbs or Matt Stafford? I mean, Dobbs has been better for fantasy. 
Yeah, that, I mean, it's closer than you want it to be, but I mean, yeah, Matt Stafford's playing the Eagles this week, so I I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be upset if you if you went with Dobbs there. I mean, the other options aren't great. I mean, like you're not going with Tannehill playing Indy, you know, Jimmy G if he comes back against Green Bay. I, I, I don't know. I'm telling you, dude, Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs is fine. I we need we need an investigation at how Josh Dobbs is just good. We really do. It's like the greatest question of the season. He was on the Steelers for four years. You know what I mean? And like every time he played, he was terrible. He, he was a Steelers draft pick in like 2017 or something. It's all the quantum leaping. He figured out how to be a quarterback. I get, you know, sure. He's like weirdly mobile. All right. Defenses. If you're streaming defenses, one, the Jets defense is probably too rostered for our exercise here, but I think a lot of people might've dropped the Jets defense because they were facing the Chiefs, but now the Jets are facing the Broncos. So check if the Jets are there. And then ironically also, you know what? Broncos defense. I think what's crazy is check your scoring. And I know it sounds insane to recommend the Broncos defense, but depending on your scoring, they didn't even have that bad of a week facing the Dolphins with the 70 points, depending how your league is set up. They had 13 against the Bears this week, even though they let up 28 points. They had, they had 13 fantasy points because they had four sacks, a pick and a touchdown. Yeah, they had the fumble return for a touchdown. And now they're playing Zach Wilson and like, Guess what? We just saw Zach Wilson fall. Even if he plays better, Zach Wilson might step out of the best game of his career again. Broncos could still get a touchdown pretty easily against the Jets. So I, I, Broncos are fine. If that kind of sounds insane to you, Washington playing the Bears Thursday night football. The commanders sacked Russell Wilson seven times and Justin Fields also holds onto the ball a long time. So just, like that's a really, really good one. I think Washington versus the Bears like that's just juicy. Um and then also, if they're not the Lions facing Bryce Young and the Panthers, I'm not afraid of Bryce Young. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the Lions, like, I mean, again, just targeting these rookie quarterbacks. And then Houston, which sounds insane, but Houston's facing Desmond Ritter and the Falcons. I am not afraid of Desmond Ritter. That's like definitely the last one I would do of these five. But I think these are all pretty legit options. I agree. This is a strong week for defenses. It is. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot on the board. All right. Let's do some emails. All right, so there's been an Mbop, Mbop fiasco because last week, if you didn't listen, Craig and I had a large argument about how what was a bigger song, Mbop or Teenagers by the... It's like, Teenagers scare the living... Sh-. I can't sing. But I lost the poll. We did a whole thing, and then I capitulated. You know what, Craig? There's dozens of us. There's dozens of us. Here's an email from Max. I am 28. I was driving to Denver and I listened to the Friday show with my buddy who's 27 and we always lived in Missouri and both thought teenagers was the easy answer and the poll threw us both for a loop. So what, that that you and your brother are, are Max and his friend? I'm assuming that's this is, this is your aliases you guys are emailing in with? Oh no, there's dozens. Sean, I couldn't sit idly by while Craig, it's spelled like Sean Fennessy, maybe it's him. I couldn't sit idly by while Craig took such a smug victory lap on this whole Mbop thing Oh, and he says, I'm 26 years old. Probably not Sean Fantasy. But he says, I'm 26, born in 1997, the year of Mbop's alleged global dominance. I'd literally never heard the song until the last episode. None of my friends, nor my 22-year-old 20, brother have heard the song either. And if bigger song means cultural staying power, then Teenagers wins, and it's not close, because Teenagers has 800 million streams on Spotify, which is almost five times more than uh, Mbop. And yes, Grammy nominations are a big thing, but if we go by the Grammys, then Macklemore is a better rapper than Kendrick Lamar. Sean is super wrong here. I'm so sorry. I, I, re- I respect the attempt, but ev- there, everything about this doesn't really hold up in court. St- staying power. I mean, look, Spotify streams do not represent staying power. Spotify streams represents hey. the year a song came out, essentially. Of course, Teenagers well, is going to have more company, streams man? on Spotify. Okay, sure. Who pays the bills? Keeps the lights on here, Craig. Look, man, 
I calls them like I sees them. All right. Nowadays, the, the problem is, is we all we all conflate our own personal experiences with what the outside world must be like. And in reality, we're all in our own little bubbles and whatever we believe or think or like actually really has no bearing on what's actually going on in the outside world. So if you love the song Teenagers when you were in middle school, that's great. But that's not what was going on in the rest of the world compared to Mbop in 1997. I'm fascinated by which songs last the test of time and are familiar to different generations. Molly says, I got married in 1998. I remember vividly uh, Mbop Mania and how inescapable that song was. And after listening to your argument and thinking it was ridiculous to ever consider teenagers a bigger a bigger deal than Mbop, I played both songs for my 18 and 20-year-old kids. Neither had ever heard of Hanson or Mbop, but both were familiar with my chemical romance and the song Teenagers. And although they agreed that Welcome to the Black Parade was a much more famous song, but apparently in our house, Teenagers has the large, uh, larger. What are we doing here? We're, we're reading like the, the dozen emails that you got that were like, no, it's teenagers. Dozens. Yeah, these kids are 18. That makes sense. But th doesn't the mom like belie her own point here? If she's like, yeah, I vividly remember the mania and how inescapable it was. <sighs> Look, man. No you know one's what? saying teenagers mania. You can't find that in a single of the 400 emails we got. I get it. I get it. You like Macklemore better than Kendrick Lamar. I get it. Um, that's not true. Although I actually don't hate Macklemore. I think he kind of, he's like the Nickelback of rappers. Yeah. Honestly, the earnestness came back. I kind of like it now. Like I everybody like hates Macklemore. I'm like, shut up. You yeah. like Thrift Shop when it yeah. came out. We all did. Don't lie. Yeah. I feel exactly the same way. He also seems like a good guy. I've listened to him on interviews. He seems like a perfectly fine dude in Seattle. <laughs> I think Macklemore reminds me of Nicolas Cage in that someone once described him as an intensely earnest man in an ironic world. <laughs> Who's that more insulting to, Macklemore or Nick Cage, to compare the two? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I love them both. I like Nick Cage more, though. Cage is the best. Nick, dude, what, what's his deal? Nick Cage is doing a lot of interesting stuff in his elder years. And I really respect it. Like he's not just like in Marvel movies as the old, like wise guy. Like he's doing weird indie stuff. He's making like ironic comedies. He tried to play a vampire You know, tried to play Dracula. Yeah. I was never confused with Nicolas Cage being Iron Man. I just think of Nicolas Cage as Somali pirates and doing the, the movie about himself. And now he's, yeah, this, this vampire guy. And I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, you'd be surprised with how many actors who were, you know, accomplished and prestige in the nineties are just like in Marvel movies now, even if they're still doing interesting stuff, like Robert Redford's just like fucking in Marvel movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I get it. I get it too. But Nick Cage isn't doing that, which is what I'm saying. I respect it. There's very few actors who are at a certain level that have avoided even like the, 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 the Marvel cameos. And Nick Cage was originally going to be was su he Superman a long time ago. Probably. I don't know. He would be great. Would he not be a great Marvel villain or whatever? He'd be awesome. <laughs> No, he would be good in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Like that that's where he, that where he would have to be. <laughs> oh my god. Oh right, yeah. Nick Cage. All right. That's all we got. Again, we're going to up it's recording this Monday afternoon so you can go to fantasyfootball.com. We'll update the waiver order on Tuesday to have adjustments for Monday Night Football and any other news that comes out between now 5 p.m. Eastern and when you put your waivers up. DK will be back eventually, I think. I don't know. It depends if he gets out of the shallow grave that we dug. Um, thank you, Craig. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Jack. Help behind the scenes. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Credence Clearwater Revival. Whoa.
big one. The, you know, on this, the bands are starting to feel like the rewatchables where it's like when we drop a big one, it feels like a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bunch of one for us. And then every once in a while, someone's like, thank you, Katy Perry. And it's like, hell yeah. I know that. Who, I, I've heard of her. She has big songs. Woo. Yeah, man. CCR yeah. is like one of my all time favorite bands. They're like always my top, top three on my uh, Spotify wrapped every year. Someone made a great call. We were talking like a couple months ago about songs that are ruined by a commercial or something. And someone said, have you ever seen the rain was ruined by the intro for CSI, the original CSI Vegas? Oh, and that's true. I didn't know that. But yeah. I was like, have you ever seen the rain was like the CSI. They didn't call it Vegas. They called it criminal. You know, they, they spelled it out like CSI oh, Miami wow. killed. Uh, who are you? But yeah. Yep. Fortunate yeah. son. What are, what are your like your deep cuts? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily have deep cuts. I just think like all of their, like they, their greatest hits is, is unparalleled bad moon rising and fortunate son. And have you ever seen the rain? Proud Mary's amazing. Um, uh, what's another one that I love that I always listen to, uh, green river, um, uh, outside of my back door. Uh, uh, what's that one called? Who looking out my back door. Great one. Here's a question. I don't know if we've ever discussed this. Do you agree? You know, our parents just incessantly tell us that they had the best music ever. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Obviously, they have good music. I'm not even really arguing that. But is that because it genuinely was better music then? Or is it that it was there were smaller avenues to get music? Kind of like how, you know, all the highest rated television broadcasts ever are from like 40, 50 years ago because there were three channels. And is it because there was more mainstream experiences and you could argue maybe the cream rises to the top and then everyone had communal experiences together and that enhances music overall because music ideally is supposed to be shared. And like, do you think basically music now, like if we just, not that it would work that way, but could you swap music now and then, and maybe like we would ever have heard of Clearance Creedwater revival today if it was a more like competitive music environment or is it the music just genuinely just better in the 60s and 70s? Maybe? Um, I, I think you're definitely right. Um, that the monoculture helped heavily. I also think it has to do with like what they were coming out of. I think like the 60s and the 70s were like such a cultural boom from like the 40s and the 50s, like in pop culture and music and film and TV that like everything felt so new, right? Like the Beatles and and like rock and roll. And like, I think, I think it was like a, a real like uh, opening your eyes into this new genre. And I think now it's like, everything's been done. I, I don't think I, I rarely hear something and I'm like, wow, I've never heard something like that before. Usually people are just like twisting something that's already been made and, and, and tweaking old genres. So I think there was a bit of like in the sixties and seventies, it was like people were hearing these sounds that they'd never heard before. And I don't really think that's the case now. Yeah. I mean, clearly I don't know much about music cause I missed him bop, but the, were we, I don't know if we're talking about this on the show or offline. Were we talking the other day about how music is simpler now and there were all these different like chord progression, like everything's just simpler and that there used to be more complicated structures of music and now it's more like rhythm based and yeah we were talking about the Derek thompson episode on plain english which people should listen to yeah it's just like uh like like key changes and stuff like that like don't happen as much anymore and yeah it's more it's more i forget is it more melody based or rhythm based now i think it was like back in the day it was more rhythm melody based. based and now it's more rhythm based yeah oh yeah because the snoop dog video where snoop dog's like everything now is like da, 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 da. i mean look you're as somebody who's nearing 30 do you think when you were 15 do you think the music then is better than it is now? I mean, of course, because like the best music ever was when I was young, obviously, just like everyone else thinks. 
I don't know. I don't, I don't think that I think music in the seventies was, is better than now and, and better when, when I was like 13, I don't think the music in the late 2010s, early 2010s was like any better than it is now. Are you saying like take care by Drake has nothing on the white album? I'm just like saying like, if, if you look at the most popular songs from 2010 and then now I don't think it's like what I'm looking at, like boom, boom, pow by the black eyed peas. <laughs> just dance by lady gaga oh my like, god by usher <laughs> yeah it's like i don't know hey the 70s were better than that i will say though when did hotel room service come out by pitbull because that to me is the greatest song ever made probably mid mid aughts i'm gonna say oh five oh six that's the peak and also i mean timber pitbull pitbull really i mean imagine how big pitbull would have been if he was in the 70s you know when did his uh hotel room service came out 2009 dude Pinnacle of culture. Hotel. Mr. Worldwide. Motel. Holiday Inn. I don't know if he could have been Mr. Worldwide back in the 70s, though. You know, he needed he needed the, mm. the modern world. He needed the internet to really spread his wings. He would have been playing clubs in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Especially Pitbull. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4777 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like... Can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.